once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can catch us on the on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Matt, we have games going on this weekend, this week. I mean, they didn't count, but, but there was basketball games. They didn't count, but they exist. They, at least Do they think, exist? Are we, we sure they exist? We think we thought all of them existed. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But first, I want to actually start off with the game you went to, which was watch. actually not only uh, it's it's funny because in years past, and we'll talk a little bit about this later. In years past, and I know this has been my experience with Cleveland State, where they played the exhibition games. And they were nowhere to be found, and you know, but at least there was like, but this year is a little different. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Cleveland State and what they did in their exhibition a little later, as well as Milwaukee. The the he it doesn't count, but the debut of PBJ. But the Oakland uh, Oakland played at the Arena, Eastern Michigan um, on ESPN Plus, and. And for those of you who are not familiar with, you know, kind of how they came about, Matt, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about what what the circumstances were um, for this particular exhibition? Because usually when you play an exhibition, um, you usually play like a non-D1 team or something like that. But Oakland didn't do that. They played a D1 team, Eastern Michigan. So there was – but there was a reason for that. Are you talking about the uh, charity function of it, the charity am, side of it? Is that what, am, what are you getting at here? Okay. I am indeed, I'm talking about the charity. Yes, there, it was a charity game. So yeah, describe so, the charity and tell us all about it because you were there. This is, yeah, I was. I was very fortunate. I was there. There was about 1,500-ish people there, which was actually nice. It was about a quarter, somewhere between a quarter and a half full. And um, I talked about it in my recap. I, talk, I tweeted it out that night. It felt like a Horizon League like tournament game, like quarterfinal kind of game like there was just energy in the arena people were excited to be there um yeah i mean they did not play a cupcake they, they ended up losing um to a you know probably mid-tier mac team um not the result they would have wanted but it it felt like a real game like you said it was on espn plus which is you know uh greg campy last year when there was nothing else going on managed to get a black and gold scrimmage on espn plus he wants his team to be seen and you know what? He's always sought the spotlight, and he did that again. But I mean, they rolled out. It, it was a full on. It, it was a normal production. They had Neil Rule on the call, um, new um, an, or uh, color guy for this year. They've been using Dan Waterstrad, who's a former OU player. I thought he's done a really nice job. Uh, but they they're going to be using Rex Walters, who's a former NBA player and uh, coach at I believe it was USF. USF. Um, yes. Fun fact, by the way, about Rex Walters uh, from yeah University of San Francisco. Fun fact about Rex Walters: Many, many years ago, if anybody has anybody listened to the Jim Rome, anybody listens to the Jim Rome show, at any point in time in history, he had a thing called the Rex Streak, where he had literally anybody named Rex on the show for consecutive days, and Rex Walters was one of those guys. As it, I mean, again, that's he, was he a NBA Hall of Famer? No, but he, I mean, dude, dude got a lot of run in the NBA. I remember using him in like NBA Jam when I was younger, like when I first saw the. Rex Walters is going to be calling the game. I thought, who the hell is this? And then I looked it up. I was like, that Rex Walters. Okay, that's pretty cool. So yes. he happens to live in Rochester. Um, they moved there for, his, well, not for his son, but 
for his son to go to a specific school in Rochester um, for high school. Um, who's okay. He's going to be a, a basketball player himself. So Rex Walters happens to be in the area. So, uh, hey, him and Neil Rule are going to do a pretty good TV job. I'm not not mad about that. You know, they had uh, Daniela Bruce, who's going to be doing uh, a lot of the sideline reporting. She's a, a Little Caesars Arena reporter, uh, does a lot of stuff around around Michigan for that stuff. So, like, they rolled out the full-on production for it. Um, like I said, the arena was quarter to half full. There was energy. People were excited for basketball, and it was really cool. It's been um, it has been a year and a half. It has been a year and a half since we since people were able to get to see basketball, Horizon League basketball, Oakland basketball. You know, as stupid as it was after the game, I got to go into the press room and do the press conference from there. There was no trying to talk to Greg Campy through a Zoom. Like, there was none of that that, that silly stuff. It was just, it, it felt pretty normal. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about kind of the takeaways of the game. So, Matt, I know you wrote something on HorizonRoundtable.com. If you haven't read that yet, go ahead and read that. Um, don't want to spoil anything, but... Tell us a little bit. So the one thing that I, because I saw, because I watched the game, the one thing that I saw that kind of stood out was Jamal Kane. Seems like he's good as advertised. Um, I understand this game doesn't count, but he, he played pretty well. Seems like he might be better than most people are advertising or realizing, except for Greg Campy. Greg Campy's trying to say it loud enough for anyone to hear if they're listening, but I mean, Greg Campy's a showman. Well, Why, you know, and, not and, everyone and, wants and, to believe him. And you've been saying the same thing about Jamal Kane, so yes. I have were... no reason to doubt him, and he showed up. I mean, he looked real good, and for for just an exhibition game, and he's you know still finding his way. There were um, a couple times where like you know he probably could have scored, but you know he he looked for somebody else because that's what he's kind of been trained to do at Marquette the past couple of years. And Campy talked about it. He's like, no, that's put that up, score, 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 score. You know he he probably could have had 30-35 in that game. And sure. Did. Um, his shot wasn't falling in the first half, but but then it was, you know, like. But he, but that's the thing, because he does uh, some of all the other things so well that you didn't really notice that the shots weren't falling. Now, what that's the other thing too that I noticed with Jamal Kane, the guy skies, and he definitely grabs some boards. Which, incidentally, for Oakland, that's something I kind of need. Not only that, um, going back to even some of the summit days when Greg Campy had his best Oakland teams. So a lot of, you know, most of the horizon people aren't super familiar, but you know, like back in the Keith Benson days, they were known for throwing a lot of alley-oops and playing above the rim a lot. And uh, you didn't see it against Eastern, but in my opinion, I think that was intentional. I think they didn't want to show it, but um, I would not be surprised if a lot of the old alley-oop plays that are, I know are in Campy's back pocket are in that playbook and he just hasn't shown them yet. And there's going to be a lot of Jalen Moore to Jamal Kane alley-oop stuff, and it's going to be really hard to defend. Plus, the one thing Jamal Kane did show in that exhibition is when he gets to the line, he shoots free throws really well. He was 10 of 11 from the line, and he's going to get there. And Jalen Moore, if you remember last year, was also, um, after a rough kind of start, became a really good free throw shooter or, or showed that he's a very good free throw shooter. So those two being able to get to the line is a lot of points and a lot of getting the other team in foul trouble. Yes. Now, the other thing that, yeah, that I think that that combination of Jalen Moore and, and Jamal Kane, I think is going to be, that's going to be scary. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to be, I don't think a lot of people are going to be prepared for it, honestly, because everybody's no. got their own game plan. No, but the one thing that um, we got out of this game that's a little bit troubling for Oakland and good for everybody else 
is uh, Micah Parrish did not play. And Micah Parrish is the key to, to this Greg Campy zone that they run um, mm-hmm. just with his length. Um, you know, the size that Micah Parrish brings is, is a mismatch. And um, they were expecting a lot out of him. And he's out with a foot injury. And Greg Campy at times made it sound like this is going to be a long lasting. I don't know if we're going to see Micah Parrish. But then at other times he made it sound like, um, you know, it could be maybe in time for the exhibition on Friday. Like, so I'm really not sure what to make of it. Um, there's a little bit of a, a cloud around it. Um, okay. Maybe it's the the pessimist in me or the narcissist, or I don't know what the right word here is, but uh, part of me wonders if we're getting the whole truth on, you know, is he hurt? Is there something more? You know, what what is happening with this? But he was on the bench. He was being a good teammate. So it's, you know, it's not like he wasn't there. You know, I don't think there's any, um, like, you know he he's not in trouble i don't think and we're pretending it's an injury or anything like that i, I think there is sure. a legit injury i just part of me wonders what what's going on behind the scenes as soon as that starts stuff starts to happen um i did happen to walk past zion young on my way out of the building who mm-hmm. is out with a knee injury right now um yes you did not, mention that, i think you mentioned that previously that he was yeah he's out with an injury um was definitely i would he was missed but at the same time uh freshman oc price um showed up in just kind of became Zion Young in a way. He looks a little bit like Trey Maddox with the hair from a couple of years ago, uh-huh. but um, uh, but otherwise um, played the Zion um, Zion Young role. He was just hitting corner threes and uh, yeah, I mean, learn, he's learning the top of that zone with Parrish out right now, which is you know a lot on a, a freshman, but doing a nice job. I mean, Oakland probably should have won that game and didn't, and they need to do better. Um, Eastern Michigan is like I said, they're a middle of the pack, I think sure. team with a new coach, you know, it, it's not a great loss by any means. It's not a moral loss, but it's an exhibition. And the one thing uh, Greg Campy talked about was, you know what, now's the time to lose a game like this. Cause it doesn't yes. mean anything other than True. get to go back and watch video and go, okay, here's what happened. You get to do that in an exhibition. That's huge. And that's why you play an Eastern Michigan and a charity game when you can versus, you know, rolling out Rochester college or whatever, whatever they, I think they're Rochester university technically now, um, you know, which, you know, any of those kind of, of low level games, which you're usually going to see, you know, you want to get a win, you want to get a lot of players in Greg Campy sure. took that other route and he, he played a really good team and he exposed his own team so that they can learn early instead of later. Yeah. I think the one thing, however, the one thing that I did see, I know Jamal, uh, I mean, Jalen Moore was having, some, it sounds like he was having some, looks like some cramping issues, I guess. Uh, him and Townsend both. Uh, I actually in they looked painful. I mean, at one point towards the end of the game, Townsend jumped up for something, came down, and just crumpled to the ground. And the way that like it makes your heart stop for for the kid, not even for as a fan, but it's just a cramp. He was totally okay, but it just looked awful. But they were they were both just cramping. Um, they said it was it was really hot on the floor, and even though they felt really well conditioned, like they were just just cramping nothing nothing to be alarmed about but oh it just looked awful and i mean it definitely prevented both of them i think from playing as well as as they would hope to have in that first game yeah so yeah that's a i mean and and then you know i'm sure as as the season wears on that's going to be less that's got that's going to be less of an issue considerably i'm sure i i would think so i mean jalen moore without without a burst of speed and explosion is not, not a great player still has the court vision, but he can't get to where he wants to be. And that's kind of where it was starting to get to by the end of the game. Um, he played him more minutes than he would have liked to, I think. Um, and that's a Greg Campy thing where he uh, sure. just doesn't, he, he doesn't get good minute just distribution and he at least will recognize it later. But 
I'm sure would like to see that change mid-game. Hopefully, you know, they've got uh, Lake Superior State coming in as their second exhibition, which is a lower-level school, uh, you know, Div yeah. 3, I think, or whatever, NAIA, whatever it is. And so hopefully get to see some of those things. Um, Will Shepard, who is someone I've talked about for Oakland, um, is another big. Um, he got in early, made a lot of mistakes, um, and yeah. was pulled and never made it back to the game. And Greg Campy laughed in the pre- uh, post-game talking about it. He said, Will Shepard was just genuinely excited. And he said it with a smile. It, you could tell it was genuine. Just that was an excited kid to get into a game. And he made a lot of stupid mistakes because of it. And that, that'll fix itself, you know? Sure. Sure. So, so that was, so that was, and by the way, again, I, I know in your article, you, you gave some shout outs to, to, to Oakland's president. Uh, also Anthony Galena, the flag man. Of, and if, if you've listened to any of the uh, fan events we've had, we've had Anthony on and he, he, he mentioned he's the flag man, so he, he did not disappoint. If you've ever been to an Oakland game, you, you, you've seen flag man at the thing. He said he said he's when he, he said when he dies, that's going to be on his tombstone. He was the flag man. He's also a Lions fan. So, like, if I were him, I would claim oh. flag man over Lions. He's like a diehard Lions guy, too. I mean, he's just a big Detroit sports fan. So, man, I feel I, for that guy. <laughs> So yeah, so that's what happened on so that's what happened on Thursday. On Friday, I guess there was another game. I'm not sure. I mean, we think that we think that Green Bay played St. Norbert College, but we're not hundred percent sure because I mean, I saw a score that they won eighty to forty five, but I can't find anything about it on their on their website and I just saw a tweet about it. That was it. I mean in the exact, that's interesting. That's interesting. I don't know what happened. It's the exact opposite of what we talked. You know, I started talking about the Oakland game where you had you know, ESPN Plus. You had you rolled out all your announcers, your sideline reporter. You know, tried to make the environment right, like get people excited about your program. You know, gra- grab those fans. Student student fan engagement is going to be so hard this year. Building back student sections. You know, Grizz Gang, which is a you know Oakland student section, which has always been top notch. They're going to yeah. have to build this year, and they're worried about it, but they also understand that that's a thing. You know, that's something that everyone across the country is going to be dealing with as far as, you know, getting fans and students, you know, engaged in all this. And then you've got Green Bay who just doesn't even put it out on like the Green Bay Athletics website that they had this game. Like there's no box score, there's nothing. And that blows my mind. And, you know, their fans are telling me that I'm a hater and sure, I guess, whatever. But like, if I'm running something from a H like a, a PR perspective, I want people to know we played a game that we took care of business, especially, you yeah. know, a team that's being counted out. And no, we came in, we, what did you want from us? We handled this, this lower level team. Like we're, we're ready to play. Like, yeah, exactly. I want that to be shouted from the mountains, like come see us. But yeah. here they are taking the opposite approach of like, that's oh, an yeah, interesting. We're, yeah, we're hiding. I mean, now I'll be honest. I mean, it was Friday, so I wasn't really paying all that much attention. I just knew it existed, but I mean, I didn't see anything. I mean, and usually I don't. I mean, I didn't even see a whole lot from the usual suspects on Twitter either. So that I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I would have loved. I would have loved to like see something about that because they have so many new faces that I'm not a hundred percent. You know what their you know their lineup is and things like that so i don't i mean we'll I, we'll we'll figure it out soon enough but yeah i mean might have been nice to have that but i mean it's a, it's a like to have it's not a have to have for me but you know i'm not gonna uh, lie like I, personally I was... I'm, a, I'm i'm okay with waiting until the games count i mean you know that's it. i i am you know, obviously we we talk horizon league but you know the, the games again. I t- put it in the perspective of the games don't count. And again, as I mentioned before, this isn't exactly as you, to your point. Um, 
it's not unusual for me to see an exhibition game where there isn't really anything other than the final score or anything like that. Um, and, and box maybe, scoring maybe, pictures, maybe at least. Because of, maybe that's because of my only experience at Cleveland State having this exact same thing happen. And I'm, again, since the games don't count, I don't really, it doesn't really make too much of a difference to me personally. But, I mean. I mean, I was going to be a loser. I was going to be a loser on Friday. I was sitting at home, you know, with a seven o'clock game. I'm on the East time, seven o'clock central is eight o'clock. My time kids were about to be in bed. Like I was going to settle in. And if it was on TV, watch, or at least, you know, listen or follow along on some game. I'm really curious about this green Bay team, especially after being told by all the green Bay people all for, you know, a week that, that we're wrong on them and we're sleeping on them and they're really good. Like I thought I had a chance to like, catch a little bit, you know, especially against a, a lower level opponent to see, you know, what, what are we missing about them? I'm really curious, like what people are excited about with this team. And not only could I not follow, watch, do anything, I couldn't find updates throughout the game. I couldn't even find a box score after the game. I don't know who played, who didn't play. I like, there's just no information. And I, that that's weird to me, but I mean, okay, Green Bay athletics, you do, you, you've got, you know, your new people yeah. in place and all that. So, hey, I guess you have a plan. You're going to execute it. But to me, that's weird. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, this is where I kind of have a different perspective on it, where, you know, it honestly, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it again, it's an exhibition game. You know, they, they put it together for they. the only people who generally go to these games are, you know, the the diehards and things like that. And that's fine. I, I, you know, and it's always not just, again, not just Cleveland state. I, you know, it it historically with, with a variety of horizon league schools, it's been, you know, hit or miss as to whether there's going to be something, something you can, you know, follow live, if you will. So that's just, you know, that's, kind of my thought process on it. I know obviously you have a differing opinion, especially since you were all hunkered down, ready to go on, ready to, ready to pay attention to this on a Friday night and you are denied. (laughs) So very denied. denied. Like (laughs) I was denied my green Bay Phoenix basketball, you know, like I'm trying to find, I don't have it in front. Oh wait, hold on. I do have in front of me. So like looking at attendance numbers, um, for, so this is attendance numbers from 2019, 2020. Like you talked about for Green Bay, you know, like yeah. and not, the only people or you're used to only the diehards come out or whatever. Like yeah. Oakland had about 1,500 fans in there for for their their exhibition. That would have put them around seventh in attendance in 2019, 2020. Like on an average, like that's Cleveland State averaged 1,500 fans in 2019, 2020. Like so, like to me, that's weird. Like to not have people come out, especially because people are excited for basketball again. And that's what we learned this week with all these games. Oh yeah. So again, to me, that's just weird. Like green Bay, like capitalize on us. People are excited for sports. Well, wait people a minute. Want so, to be back in the you know, here's the thing though. And I, to your point, by the way, um, I should disclaimer this by the way, because it looks like it does look like that. This was on the radio on the fan. 105.7, 107.5. So had we actually found it, we would have been able to listen to Brian Kuklinski. Oh, sorry, Brian. I, I didn't realize See? it was on there. So. See? But again, because they didn't they didn't publicize it. And by anything. the way, they were giving away schedule magnets, too. And it was trick-or-treat with the Phoenix. So, yeah. It's, so. I guess it's too bad I don't live in Green Bay, and then I could have just been there. But, like... <laughs> 
I mean, you see, you totally missed age, all of that. I mean, yeah. This day and age, it should be easy to follow a team. If, if they don't want to put it out there or whatever, I, that's fine. You're right. It's an exhibition game. It doesn't matter. I agree a hundred percent. But yeah, to your point, it was on. You know, to to your point, it, it looks like it was on the radio. So it was on the radio, and it would have been yeah. Friend of the show, Brian Kuklinski was would, be, would have been on the call. Would have enjoyed it very much. I, sh- I should have should have caught that because apparently I should have caught that and kept my own notes throughout because it's the only way I would have had any record of what happened in that game. I mean, you can always get into, you can always DM like Brian or something. I'm sure he'll he'll give you the scoop. It's I'm sh- fine. <laughs> I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll have a lot more. He'll have a lot more insight. We'll we'll have to get him on again at some point in time because um, unfortunately he wasn't able to make it to the media forum. So yeah, we'll 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 get him on. We got covered. So that was Friday, and then Saturday, uh, we had we had both Cleveland State and Milwaukee with their uh, <laughs> with their um, with their exhibitions. Cleveland State. It's funny you mentioned that Cleveland State their 2019-2020 average was 1500. They got about that much at the exhibition game. And I don't think I've ever se- I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever seen that for an exhibition game for Cleveland State ever. Usually it's like, you know, anytime I ever went to an exhibition game, even during the Gary Waters era, it was kind of sparsely populated. But, yeah, that, that's a decent sized crowd for an exhibition game because they're a good team. They're building excitement and people want sports. They, they yes. gave the people what they wanted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although, um, to, uh, by the way, uh, Matt, to your point, by the way, they were, they were also only on the radio. Um, but they, but, did have, but they have live stats too, though. And then, and then they put out a box score and then there was a recap on their website. And That's they, they how, did, I how many people were at the state, were at the arena. They didn't was, pretend they didn't play a I game. Was flipping between, I was flipping between that and the Milwaukee game because those were going on at the same time. <laughs> this is my life now, by the way. I'm like, like I'm basically like beholden to try to figure out who you know, trying to follow multiple games simultaneously. It's funny because when I started the when we started the podcast, it was just I'm gonna pay attention to one thing and that's it. Now I can't even do that. I have to pay attention to everything. It's insane. But I but we are the Horizon Roundtable, and damn it, <laughs> I need to pay attention to all this stuff. I, I, well, that's just it. Like with the Green Bay thing, I'm, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm so tired of it. I'm gonna hear that I'm a hater for Green Bay or whatever. I cared. I wanted. I wanted to tune in. I want to be knowledgeable on the Horizon League as best as possible, and I couldn't really get a whole lot out of it. And had you but known, they were on the radio. Had you but known. Had you known. Had I known. Had you known. But yeah. So um, actually, it's funny because Cleveland State started out really slow. Because um, they were only up by six at halftime, they were up like forty-one thirty-six at halftime, and then the second half came. They scored a hundred points. I know it's against Case Western Reserve; they're a D three school, but they scored a hundred points. What was the uh, rotations like in the game? I, I I did not get a chance to follow it, so I was so, a little curious. Um, Teach me, Bob. So here is what exactly. So what happened was. I know that there was a group of guys that were out. I know um, it wasn't a complete rotation. Uh, we didn't get to see Anderson Marambo. Very, uh, he was out, and so was Al Eichelberger, and so was Jeremy Sanchez. Um, 
And I want we saw a lot of Mabor Magic though. So that was something. And by the way, also uh, Jason Woodridge, he he did pretty well last week. Uh, he did pretty well. On, he did pretty well in this game. He led all scores, and he only he was like, I think I don't think he played that. I don't think he played all that much. Actually, most of the team didn't play all that much. So I think it was more of a. So what you're seeing now is basically, I don't know if it's a necessarily a, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, that's what you expect to see in an exhibition game if you're playing a lower opponent. It gives all your younger players a chance to play, a chance to try some things. You don't use a lot of your your, your playbook or anything because you don't want anyone to see it for the season. Like that's what you expect to see usually. Yeah. You you had five guys and you you had five guys in double figures. You didn't see a lot, you know. You didn't see. I think Demoy Hodge is the one who played the most, and he only played twenty seven minutes. So and, and like in the last three minutes of the game, basically, uh, you know, three minutes of the game, the bench mob came out. So you see, you saw a lot, a lot of you know, you, you know, Ben Sternberg, you know, fan favorite Ben Sternberg played like the last three minutes of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where what where they went. I mean, they they. The- it's funny because I know Kyle Rossi was uh, hoping for uh, putting on his Cleveland State fan hat this weekend. Was hoping for a fifty-point win. Um, I I said no, but he was close. They won by forty-four. I have a very important Cleveland State question that you might be able to answer now. Okay. When Ben Sternberg is in the game, who cheers for Ben Sternberg? Because Ben Sternberg cheers for everybody else. Everybody else cheers for him. Yeah, it's a, all right. It, it's it's a give and take. I mean, it is a nice give and take between because Cleveland because this guy gasses everybody up, and they return when he gets on the floor, they return the favor as they should. He's built a lot of goodwill as far as that goes. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Who else is? I mean, I mean, who who else is hyping up the trainer? Nobody does that. He does. I mean that's that's how that's how enthusiastic this guy is. So yeah, when he gets on the floor, obviously everybody's gonna be hyped. You know that's it. But and that's it's funny because you know when you got a guy who has that kind of it's funny because again a guy who doesn't play very often, obviously, um, kind of at the end of the bench. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they you know that's how kind of. And, and to me, that's kind of an example of how cohesive a unit this Cleveland State team is. I mean, it makes yeah, and that's you know, again, that's probably part and parcel why you know three of their you know, Tory Patton and Craig Bodwan and Al Eichelberger stayed for their super senior season because I guess we're using that term now. And I, I hope don't we actually get to see some Al Eichelberger. I am look. I I do. I think yeah. So I I figure that I I guess they have another exhibition against Otterbein next week. So um, I'd like to see the yeah. I I would like to see the big men a little bit more. But honestly, I mean that's gonna be. I mean I mean the minutes are gonna be at a premium for Cleveland State. They really are. It because- but it's gonna matter. I think they're gonna kill people with attrition. I just hate it because L. Eichelberger, before his knees basically gave out on him, was such a, a superior player. Like, this was a, an all-horizon league type player, and it's just, it's so obvious that... Well, he was. In, he was a third-team, yeah, he was a third-team all-horizon guy. His, uh, you know, his, in 1920. 
He was. Yeah, 1920. <laughs> That's funny. 1920. Um, but I know what you mean. But um, yeah, it's just you know, it it sucks to see it just because I I was a big Alf Al Eichelberger fan and like it's just very obvious that injury is just limiting him so much now in, in his career and that that's unfortunate because he was just a great player but i i think the on the flip side because of the depth they have at the in the front court where you have a spider johnson where now you're getting more minutes for maybor majok because he was on the floor quite a bit he was on, he was on the floor for a not in in insignificant amount of time uh, on saturday you have, you know, you're going to get Anderson Marambo back. So I think the the uh, given the situation, I think that fits him. That will fit him perfectly. I think. And also put in, and also factor in that two got two kind of flex guys in Chris Green and Jason Woodridge, who you you could put at the four, who can also who can defend and also shoot, which they did. Specifically, Jason Woodridge did pretty well on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's it sounds like at least after just again, it's an exhibition. Let's not get ourselves carried away. But that team, Cleveland State, is what we expected to be: depth and a lot of skill. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Again, it's and again, I allude to the fact that they were only winning by six points. They're only winning by six points, and they come away with a forty-four point win. I think uh, that might be an extreme example of what might happen during the season where they they get to the half and they they make some adjustments and then start again that that whole that deep 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 bench will allow them to basically wear people out and I think that's certainly what happened on Saturday again extreme example but I think that's going to be kind of a taste of what we get to see in the regular season. As we expected, as we've been talking about the entire offseason. Makes sense to me. So, um, so yeah, um, I guess finally we want to talk about the, the, the debut of PBJ. It's, Paul, it's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Yes. So, yeah, so... Um, all right, so so I have to cop to something because I, I apparently I'm just terrible at acronyms now. Um, so they on Saturday they played the Milwaukee School of Engineering MSOE, and of course on the on the Horizon Roundtable Twitter account, I I don't know how I got into my head. I I misacronym them M O S E. And what do you think happened after that? I, I got hit with I got hit with uh, Moe's from the Office memes, or just a singular one from John Parker. Yeah, that sounds like a <clears throat> sorry, like a John Parker thing. It, yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, I was doomed to shoot farms this weekend. Um, interestingly enough, though, Milwaukee kind of struggled. So um, the one thing that so interestingly enough, so wow, um, well, that's weird. I don't know if you noticed in the I'm looking up the box score and for reasons that escaped me, they they erased Pat Baldwin Jr. <laughs> he had no, 18 points and eight rebounds, 
but he's not on the. <laughs> he's like, where did he go? Where did he go? He's like, know. hey, if Green Bay doesn't have to put out a box score, why should I be on one? That's fun. Uh, yeah, that's a little. That's funny. Um, he, I think he only played like 28 minutes though. So we'll, we'll it, for the production. So it, obviously, is pretty productive um, in that game. But man, they struggled. They struggled yep. a lot. Before we talk about that, I just want to say uh, him playing is, is a big thing because we'd heard some rumor that he was, you know, he'd been coming off injury and someone had saw him walking around campus in a boot. So him being on the floor is even a good start for Milwaukee. Oh, they squashed that. All right. <laughs> they definitely squashed that. Um, man, we got to talk about DeAndre Golston, though, because I know he's talking to himself right now. <laughs> hey, it's an exhibition game. Bad things. You know, sometimes you don't play well. I mean, yeah, knock out the rust now. Wow. But, wow, I didn't – it's – I mean, he I, I, he kind of made up for it. He had, he had, he had six rebounds. Man, he was – he had three points, and they were all from three throws. He did not – he did not hit anything from the field. Actually, to tell you the truth, yeah, they, they did not do very well at all. It was – it was not a good – it was honestly not a very good week. Uh, yeah, I think they they shot like it was not good. <laughs> so what what should we take from that? That's I mean again as I think, I, to, to, I think they have some work to do. I think um, and then I'm sure they'll be the first to to admit that they were that they do need some work. But yeah, so we did not see. We saw a lot more of we we actually saw a lot more of. In the middle, we saw – what did I see? We actually – that was a little interesting because um, I thought we'd see a lot more Samba King. We did not. Yes, Pat Baldwin Jr., he actually did really well. He was 6-10 to 10 from the field. Yeah, he scored 18 points. He was – yeah, for 18 points, 8 rebounds. Yeah, so um, they actually went – to start, they went with Joey St. Pierre. At the four, at the five, okay. And I thought for sure they were gonna go with and, but I mean, mind you, he, I think they're still trying to figure it out, honestly, because he only played fifteen minutes. But the, he only played fifteen minutes. But to be fair, you know, most of these guys didn't play. I think PPJ is the only one who played more than you know really twenty minutes. I think he he played twenty eight. You know, Golson played like twenty two. So they were they were all kind of limited in terms of their their time, their playing time. I think I might have, and I'm I'm hoping that was the game plan because they they, they kind of struggled against uh, M O M M S O E. I almost did it again. I almost said Mo's again. You thought about it. I thought about it. I'm gonna get hit. I'm gonna get hit with Street Farms again. But yeah, I, I'm guessing that was the game plan that they were just going to basically put everybody on, uh, limit everybody's playing time, and just kind of go from there. So, so I guess that's what they did. You know, all this conversation, this whole podcast is about exhibitions. At the end of the day, we've said it. You know, it's an exhibition. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, there's you can't get too caught up in it. But there's still concerns. You know, like when Milwaukee with Pat Baldwin Jr., who everyone's counting on, you know isn't destroying a, a team whose name we can't even get right half the time. Like that has to be somewhat alarming, right? Like we can't just ignore that. Right. Like, I, I don't know. 
I guess I just don't good, know what to do Well, with that's it. a good question. I mean, here's the, the question that I ask is, okay, I mean, if we're being honest, obviously Pat Baldwin Jr. is going to be – is going to play more than 28 minutes a game. He's just going to. That, that goes without saying. DeAndre Golston is going to play more than 22 minutes a game. Jordan Lathan, who, by the way, got eight rebounds, by the way. He eight rebounds, and he didn't do great. He only shot two for seven from the field. He's going to play more than 21 minutes. So um, it's funny. We saw a lot more of Tafari Sims than I thought we were going to. He played 20 minutes. He was the second-leading scorer. We, don't, we did not talk a lot about Tafari Sims. Like I, that's a good question. Where he sit? Where he? Where does Safari Sims kind of fit in this in this roster in this rotation? I guess we know the answer to that question because he, you know, he he's going to be there. So, I I think yeah I I think the for me at least I think the takeaway was I just they just wanted to get out there and kind of feel their way through the entire rotation, which they did. I don't think this is. I don't think we're going to see. I, I think when we get to when we get to the actual regular season, I think we're going to see a whole lot more of basically everybody in the lineup. Um, I mean, and, and it makes sense because I I really don't remember. I, I don't remember Pat Baldwin Senior going that deep in his bench last year, if memory serves correct. Because there were there were games is, where we didn't see guys like you know Courtney Brown Jr. We didn't see him for a whole game. Now, mind you, I think Courtney Brown Jr. had some injury issues, but yeah. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I think that would the that said to your point that this team only won by six. That is kind of a thing it's an exhibition, but we can't just ignore that either. Like that's something you keep in your back pocket. Like, Ooh, we should have seen this coming. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have been Valpo. They lost to Ashland. You know what? I hate Valpo. So I'm good with it. <laughs> I hope I'm not even going to, I can't pretend like it's just, it's ingrained in me. It'd be no different than Detroit mercy losing, losing to like Wayne state, which, you know, hasn't happened this year. Cause they haven't played yet. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, those games, happy to see it. Those Wayne State games counted, actually counted the last time they played. So yeah, I don't know. yeah Wayne so. State's killing that series too. Oh man, that's I don't know if they're gonna. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna venture to guess they're, they're Wayne State's not gonna get off e- that easy this year. Just kind of throw that out there. If My point playing, being, I I like I like seeing when Valpo loses. I know you do. Yeah. I, I I know, and I, I, this is where I, where I have to you know I, I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you just because you know. How much time I spent there in the last three years. That's your fault, not mine. Yeah, I, like I had a choice. Come on. I know, I know. Ass. I, <laughs> I have I have friends in Valpo. I, I don't hate Valpo the city, but Valpo the city is really just Valpo the university. And, well, I don't care for you, Beacons. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad this is not a Missouri Valley Conference because that would be a whole podcast in and of itself, so a podcast episode in and of itself. Sounds like a sounds like a job for Paul Warren. Take it away, man. <laughs> but yeah, so, he still uh, owes me dinner, and he's never going to pay up on it. I know that, but I just want it to be said on this podcast as well, where he'll probably never really even listen. Paul Warren still owes me dinner for a lost bet. 
I think you stopped listening the second that uh, you took over co-hosting for Jimmy. I'm just kind of throwing that oh, out. Oh, yeah, because well, Jimmy, Jimmy was a much also, better listen. Also, but also the fact that Valpo actually left the conference. So there's that Valpo got out. And Valpo, that's probably more Valpo got out and we replaced him with IUPUI. Who are not – who – yeah. I think those – honestly, I think those are the only um, – as far as – I think those are. I know. Again, we have a couple of additional exhibitions going on this week. I know Cleveland State has one. I think you mentioned Oakland has one as well. But other than that, we don't have a lot more in the hopper. I think uh, what you see is what we. What you see is what you get. And then I we're going to some of these teams right must be. Because yeah, I mean the the. Um, the exhibition on Saturday that was that was Milwaukee's only one. Then they're going to roll up to North Dakota and play North Dakota, and yeah, I I think you know they're gonna they're gonna take what they can get and then they're gonna start playing them for real. That's yeah, we're we're just a couple of weeks out from that. I mean, really, um, trying to see. Uh, IUPUI has an exhibition on November third with Anderson, which will be nice to see. Uh, yes. See what IUPUI and Matt Crenshaw's squad might might be going on. They, they've got an 11 a.m. tip on a Wednesday, so you know that'll be riveting stuff. It's 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Ooh. Yeah, in in the uh, Indiana Farmers Coliseum there. I uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna get yeah I don't know if I'm gonna get to catch that one. That that one's not gonna be on my uh, my radar. I mean, that that's a toughie. I I don't know why they're doing that. Um, just trying to kind of peek around. It's hard to find uh, exhibition schedules, and I didn't compile them. So uh, I'm just kind of like peeking at a couple teams. Uh, let's try one more. RMU doesn't have one. Let's try for Fort Wayne. But nonetheless, um, yeah, we're, we're only a couple weeks out from like real, real basketball. I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just came up so quickly. It's insane. I mean, we're we're now at a point where, you know, we're we're making them count, man. We're making them count. And the non now again, and this is good. Now that uh, this started this non-conference, I know we're going to get a lot of buy games. We're going to get a lot of these, um, you know, you know these MTEs, the you know the tur- you know these tournaments, these. But yeah, this is where we're going to see what, what everybody's all about. Finally, for real, it's going to be interesting. Looking forward I'm to re- it. I'm ready. I really. Am. You were ready last week. I know you're really ready now, especially since you saw him saw him live on Thursday. Well, you know, I, I always say I'm, I'm very lucky. I was one of the few people last year that got to see live basketball. But, man, being in an arena with fans and everything was just, oh, it felt it felt right again. It really did. Great. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Believe me, you are not alone. It just, it really seems like you are not alone because, you know, the, again, these exhibition games, you're, you know, Milwaukee, they drew 2,000 with PBJ. You know, Cleveland State, they drew, like, basically their average from the last season. They had fans, which, again, unheard of. You said, as you mentioned, you know, the arena was about a quarter to half full. I mean, people are people are looking – it's funny because over the years we've had so many conversations about, okay, well, you know, you're, you're in a landscape where you're competing with all these other sports. But, you know, people have been waiting for this for a while now. And I don't blame them. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm looking forward um, to this. Fort Wayne was supposed to have, have an exhibition with Defiance that was canceled. So that's interesting. Bummer. I don't know what that's about. Um, Northern Kentucky 
on the fourth uh, versus Lake Erie. So that so we, essentially Wait, what I'm I, saying is Lake, we've got a couple is more. Lake Erie, is the Lake Erie game an actual game or is it an exhibition? I, it looked exhibition. like it was. It is an exhibition. Okay, I was confused about that because I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah. See, I wasn't paying attention. I thought for no. sure that was a game that counted, but it is a, it is in fact an exhibition. Okay, I can live with that. I, w- I didn't come prepared for this part of the conversation, so I'm just kind of looking up a couple, couple teams at a time here. And yeah, so well, that, those uh, are things. I thought I was prepared for the conversation, and I was 100% wrong because I missed IUPUI and Anderson. Usually I'm the one that's wrong with NKU. Yeah, so. But it was me. It was me this time. Next I knew they were playing Lake Erie. I just didn't know if it counted or not. It the Lake Erie Storm. Lake Erie Storm, hey, you, yeah, they're 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 out of Lake County. They're the they're about oh, Lake Erie College is about uh, twenty five miles east of Cleveland. Well, so, I'm not here to break down Lake Erie Storm basketball today, so that might be it for me. No, I think that's it for all of us. So, all right. So, uh, and by the way, um, tune in next week. Uh, we're doing our annual student media forum. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned Northern Kentucky. Brendan Connolly from the Northern is going to be on with us, along with a bunch of other guys. Uh, you know, Parker Testa from WWSU, up uh, at the, the Wright State's radio station. Uh, Matthew Scheidel from the Oakland Post. He's going to be on there. Um, also, the, the RMU Century Media guys, I love these guys, um, and they never disappoint. We got Ethan Morrison, um, who, by the way, gave us uh, gave us a shout out. Sort of, <laughs> we'll talk to him a little bit about that uh, during the uh, di- during the student media forum, and, and we're we're gonna get a few. Uh, Jorge Reina, he was on uh, a couple years ago for the student media forum for Detroit uh, for the varsity news at Detroit Mercy. He's back as their sports editor, so he's gonna be back too, and um, we're we're. We're getting we're trying to get all these other folks on here too, so we're looking forward to that. Um, until then, horizonroundtable.com. Um, I think as I mentioned last episode, John Parker is working on breakout players, so he's probably gonna post those this week. And I'm sure we're gonna post some other things as well. Um, and all our content, all our podcasts are all there. So um, we're also wherever podcasts are found. And Finally, of course, you can find us on uh, your Amazon or Google devices. So that's going to do it. Uh, the Horizon Roundtable. Oh, one last thing, of course. Now we're we're a network. Now we're on a network. We are. That's right. The Roundtable Media Network. We are a part of the Roundtable Media Network. Um, that's right. That's right. Um, and so uh, and by stay tuned for a lot of some of that coming up because um, because I'm looking for, especially in the next couple weeks. So. Um, if you're a mid-major guy, fan, we, that's that's where you want to go. That's what I'm saying. So until next week, thank you all for listening. <laughs>